Here we go. And we're back. It's been too long. Yeah, I feel like the gaps are getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, significantly <laughs> so. Um, yeah. I can definitely say on my end, you know, tying into the Chiefs postseason has affected that. <laughs> um, but since that came to a crashing end last weekend, you know, my right. Sundays are pretty fucking open now. Um, yeah. It gets the but, best of uh, us. It does, yeah. So we're fucking – we're back. Alpha Injection's here again for episode nine. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. then again, they're always good. That's true. But it's like they get better, right? Yeah. They they age and mature, as does bourbon. And speaking of mm-hmm. bourbon, Daniel, what are you enjoying tonight? Tonight – uh, well, it was kind of a last-minute grab because I procrastinated yeah. it. But I went to the Publix liquor store and snagged Elijah Craig. Um, Elijah Craig. Apparently, Elijah Craig is the father of bourbon. It says so on his label, so it must be true. It's got to be. Uh, yeah. Um, smooth. You know, it's like it, – it's kind of like the mid-level, mid-range pricing. Um, and it's exactly what I would expect of – of this particular brand and pricing, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, real smooth, flavorful. It's got that little hint of butter, like a lot of them do. Um, this this one is uh, Kentucky, I think. Uh-huh. Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky straight bourbon. Um, solid, you know. I, I can't complain about it. I got to get it, give it a strong seven. Um, what's the uh, what's the proof on it? This one's ninety four proof. Ninety four, okay. Yeah, a little so bit more pretty, bite. Yeah, pretty solid. Definitely strong at first, um, but I, I, I feel like the more I sip, <laughs> this isn't have anything to do with being drunk. But the more I sip, <laughs> you know, the more flavor I, I taste, you know. So the less of a bite it has, which is kind of, I guess, a, a redeeming value of the drink itself. Um, yeah. So I, I give it a strong it. seven. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I'm drinking it without ice. Okay. Okay, what yeah, you, that sounds you good, have, brother Shane. Uh, Dan, I'm doing uh, Angels Envy tonight. Uh, okay, the Kentucky Straight that's in the that's finishing the port wine. Classic. Uh, yeah, it's I, I really like how they they do their finishes with their whiskeys. Um, this is probably like also your your middle middle price um, middle price bourbon. This this mm-hmm. particular uh, finish for Angels. Um, it's a it's an 86 proof. So it's not a lot of bite at all, really. Um, I've had a few few glasses neat. Um, I've had well, two neat, um, two with whiskey stones, and I'm trying my fifth glass with um, some ice itself. Okay. Um, I gotta say, neat was really good with the stones. It was that much better. Um, not. Not as good with the ice itself. The water's opening up some flavors that I don't find as good. Um, it kind of kicks the bite up and drops the taste down a little bit. So I don't, okay. I don't think I would drink another one with ice. Probably just do the stones again. Um, yeah. Because with the stones, it was, it was ideal. I think chilled, but 
you know, maintaining that, that, you know, that um, co composure it had um, without being diluted. Like that was, that was really good. So yeah. I give this one probably seven and a half. Uh, probably do seven. Good. Good. Honest seven and a half. Um, That's solid. Definitely yeah. recommend it for the price. Like it's, it's solid. Like you can't go wrong. Angels has a lot of good stuff. So we'll do, we'll do seven yeah. and a half for the angels. Yeah, big fan of Angel, uh, Angel's Envy, um, and, and that's actually a great idea with the uh, the stones uh, over ice because I feel like sometimes the ice makes it really good, like like better almost. But yeah. Then it gets diluted, like you said, after too much, so it's almost Absolutely. like it's not even worth it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like I feel like some some bourbons, I mean whiskeys in general, are meant to have their flavor opened up by you know water or ice yeah um but some of them it's just better just to keep that composure from the get-go mm -hmm. so yeah those stones highly recommend whiskey stones you can get like an eight pack on amazon for like 10 bucks they're just cool yeah. little gray rocks you just throw them in the freezer and then throw them in your glass and rinse and repeat can't go wrong oh, yeah i'm i'm a fan i like it yeah yeah well well, well, well. Did Without we further ado, I think, uh, yeah, we'll really, really kick episode nine off. Let's uh, hammer it in. Yeah, I think uh, we were talking about changing things up for the next couple episodes, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of changing our, our direction for a second. Um, do you want to talk a little more on that? Yeah, well, um, Shay brought up a good point that yeah. previous episodes – been pretty general um general in the sense of you know it can kind of apply to everybody right but we weren't really bringing a lot of um i don't know tangible evidence i suppose mm -hmm. to the conversation you know so it can easily get lost in the in the idea of oh well you know I, i'm not i'm not going to be like that or or if somebody's over here thinking, what do I need to do to get like that? But we're not talking about that. What's the, really, what's the point, you know? So um, it's kind of like a long time coming when you really think about it, because we're going to start getting a little more detailed, a little more, um, a little more real, realistic, you know? Yeah. And the, the, the best way we can start doing that is by talking about ourselves. Um, the cliche of talking about our journey, you know, I, Dude, I hate cliches, but like sometimes they're so true. Um, That's why they're cliches, this, right? It, well, yeah, exactly. You know, I just, <laughs> really the reason I hate them is because everybody says them. You know, so it's yeah. like if everybody yeah. says it, like I'm automatically like, "Fuck that!" I don't, I don't, you know. But it is yeah. true. Um, so we're that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're starting about a little bit about ourselves. Uh, this particular episode is going to be about you, and the next one will probably I'll probably talk a little more about myself. But we're focusing on you your pathway, the things you've experienced and how you have gone from who you used to be to who you are now, the mindsets of each person um, and, you know, the journey that you have taken to get to where you are. Yeah, I like it. I think it'll be a good, uh, a good way to, as you, as you say, show some more tangible evidence, you know, kind of, relate to people more. Um, and I, I just thought of this, but I think following this episode and your episode, we start posing some questions 
to kind of get that from our listeners as well, you know, yeah. um, get that engagement, you know, start finding out more about people that stuff we may not know already, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be, it could be anonymous, you know, or it could, it could be named, just start, start reaching out more. You know, I think, uh, yeah. I think we can do a better job of that. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, where should, uh, where should we begin or should I be in? I guess, I mean, you know, as, as everyone is, uh, I was born an infant, um, as a human baby <laughs> and now I'm no longer human. Um, hey. no, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up in the Midwest. Um, it's pretty much everyone who's listening knows except for our newer listeners. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, um, not a large family, but definitely a very close loving family. Um, Mom stayed at home. Dad worked. Um, you know, it was, it was to me the perfect lifestyle. Like I never wanted for anything. I had everything I always needed. Um, you know, I did, I did well in school from an early age. Um, I was put in the grid, the gifted program when I was in third grade. And then I remember I was running an errand for my teacher and I went back to my homeroom class and I saw that my friends were watching videos about dinosaurs while I was busy, like, doing some shit with like shapes and math um so I cried and I told my mom I was like I don't want to be gifted anymore um so she uh she took me out of the gifted program and that was that um, <laughs> dude that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah I was pretty upset I really like triceratops um I saw <laughs> triceratops and I was like well this is way better than what I'm doing um i also remember writing a letter to the like some chiefs players um like asking for like an autographed jersey and i got like some fucking football cards back and like that was it wow. so i was pretty jaded about the whole gifted program honestly yeah dude um yeah so that was that was pretty much it for me after that i was just dumb so <laughs> just a normal normal kid just dumb um, no, I mean, I, I was, I still did good in school. You know, I, I liked it, uh, played sports, you know, football, baseball, uh, soccer. Um, and, uh, you know, made my way into, made my way through elementary school. You know, I was, I was good at making friends and stuff. Um, but I've always been kind of a keep to myself person, you know, um, yeah. always been kind of a quiet guy. Like definitely, I know how to talk to people. I know how to interact with people. Um, I know how to fake fake the funk but i definitely like keeping to myself i'm a thinker mm -hmm. um as well as a doer so i like pondering you know I'm, I'm a ponderer um lots of lots of friends you know i made try to make friends with everyone as i as i could you know a little bit of a social butterfly so just bouncing around the friend groups you know get along with pretty much everyone didn't really have any natural enemies you know a couple scraps here and there but mm. usually got over them no problem went through middle school you know of course hit puberty um, discovered what girls were and just became dumb after that. Um, as did yeah, that was pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the end of the intellectual conquest. Is like, <laughs> right? Like if you have enough testosterone, you just fucking, you know, the, the chance of being Da Vinci is just like tremendously lower, you know, after yeah. that puberty, that puberty hits, um, you know, I started getting better at sports. I did P90X like within six months, twice. Um, so I was pretty shredded, um, <laughs> definitely got better at sports and, uh, was enjoying that. Um, had some really, really good teachers. I went to a real small school, um, in, in Missouri, in the middle of nowhere, 
but, uh, you know, it was, I had some really great teachers that kind of helped mold my mind, my ability to critical think, um, namely my history and political science teacher. He was just absolute phenomenal human being, like critical thinker, good guy, very experienced, been around the world, lived a great life. And, uh, yeah, he really helped shape, shape my mind when I started learning from him. Great, uh, political, political science teacher also had a great, um, psychology and all that type of stuff teacher she was awesome like a little more liberal but um he was probably more like independent she was she was definitely more liberal but um she was definitely a critical thinker too so she really helped to understand things and kind of like start questioning things and looking for the truth looking for answers um so I had great like mental shaping there you know my family was strong so like spiritually and emotionally like I was raised pretty well, you know, um, of course mm-hmm. we had our problems here and there, you know, um, but overall, like things were good, like great, great upbringing. Like I had everything I wanted, lots of friends, you know, I drank a lot on the weekends. We had our crazy fucking parties. Project X came out when I was like <laughs> a sophomore or something, I think. So like, yeah. we tried to reenact that and that was, that's badass. Our fucking senior party was nuts. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was good, man. High school was great for me. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those people that's just like, fuck, man, I wish I could go back, you know, and just live that life again. Um, but no, it was it was definitely my formative years were pretty powerful and pretty good. Hmm. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I had had my fun with the with the ladies. You know, I had my fun there and started that that whole journey. Um, I was dating a chick leaving high school though. Um, after high school, I went to, I went to college. I was pretty much college focused my whole life. Um, I went to university of Kansas for a semester. Um, I was on a Navy scholarship and, uh, I wanted to become a, a Navy SEAL officer, but, uh, turns out when I got there, um, I realized that I'm pretty bad at swimming (laughs) (laughs) so that was like a huge um a huge wrench in my plan uh to be a navy seal yeah um so you know i kind of had to reanalyze and uh as we say like realign from that um so what i did was i just dropped out of college (laughs) um simplest solution right (laughs) um yeah i said fuck this um, I was, I was dating a girl back home hour and a half away. So I tried to see her every weekend. So I wasn't really focused on school. I was focused on her and she's a great person. Don't get me wrong. She's a fantastic human being. Um, you know, we're still friends. Like she's awesome. Um, but I went back home and did nothing for like a month. And then my parents were like, you need a fucking job. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Um, so my buddy, uh, Joey, his dad, Tim, he got me a job doing hardwood floors. Mm. Um, pay wasn't great at first. Started off doing uh, sanding. Um, then from there, I learned how to lay floors and do like uh, finishing and coating, which I really enjoyed because that was just precision, like making sure every job came out perfect. It was just the last step before, you know, the customer gets to see their house, their floors done. So pay started going up a little bit, you know, so I get a little more responsibility and enjoyed that. Um, after a couple months, I was like, I want to do something else too. Something, something cool, something meaningful. So I was like, let me, let me go through EMT school. So I did that after work for, uh, I think like six months, maybe four months, five. I don't know. Good little while. Um, school, a couple days a week. 
finished up that course, um, did volunteer work, got my EMT and all that stuff. Um, it was cool, but it was like, fuck, you know, I'm kind of at that decision point where, you know, what, what do I do? Um, what do I do with my life? Right. Um, do I just keep doing this and stay in my hometown forever? Um, or do I like pursue that dream, you know, make that leap and try and do something great, be something more, you know? Um, so from there I decided like, fuck, I might as well join the army. That seemed like a pretty good idea. And, um, my plan with that initially was to be a ranger. Um, that was my initial hopes and dreams. Um, Matt Best was getting pretty big at that point. So I was like, oh, fuck, I want to be Matt Best, you know. I mean, I'm like 5'8", so that's almost impossible. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, I'll, I'll be like the badass, most badass 5'8 ranger there is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started, like, lifting more seriously again, like I did back in uh, high school. Uh, running and shit, everything, getting my fitness on point again around work. Um, and then, uh, let's see, six, six, yeah, six years ago, um, I left for the army and, uh, it was not what I fucking expected at all. Um, I was expected everyone to be like either like convicts, like trying to kill me or just like fucking alpha male chads, like committed to like just dealing death to the enemy. Mm. Um, but instead of just a bunch of, as you know, it's the same thing in the Marine Corps and the Army, uh, just a bunch of weird motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> everyone's just fucking <laughs> different and weird, and everyone smells, and it's just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something most people don't know. Um, while I was doing my infantry training, um, I got into a, a fist fight with another recruit and um, problem wasn't the fight. It was the fact that people were putting money on it <laughs> and uh, the drill sergeants found out about that after they saw our fucking beat up faces because we didn't wear any gloves or pillows or anything to like block our fucking hands from cutting each other's faces up. So we just fucked each other up. Um, both of us had the, the Ranger contracts and they got they got nixed, um, mm. almost got kicked out of the army. You know, within the first three months, that was pretty tight. Um, yeah, I lost lost out on that, and then ended up going to Fort Campbell, um, which was exciting because I had to move to the south, and uh, you know, the south is much different than where I grew up. Um, definitely a different pace of of living, um, and it was it was interesting, you know. Uh, my first time, like, really being away from home. Like, when I was in college, it was only, like, an hour and a half away. But now it's – I'm eight hours away from home. So, it's, like – I was still dating a girl, that same girl from back home at this time. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't last very long. Because um, I decided I want to be a fuckboy for a while. Um, so, I went off and did that. I uh, discovered, you know, what Tinder was and all that shit. So, I just mm-hmm. did that for a while and, like – I was just living that, that life as a private in the army, you know, like not making any money, but still finding money to drink, you know, working out all the time, like going on adventures with my boys, um, chasing, chasing girls. I mean, it was awesome. Like it was great. Like it's just like eternal summer. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I got to Campbell in the end of the winter, um, met my best friend 
uh, Al, who we're still need to get on this damn podcast. Um, met Al and a bunch of other good buddies. Um, too many to name, but Feely, uh, Tusa, uh, Luke. I mean, Andrew, Vincent, like you name them, like all my, some of my very best friends of all time. Like we were just the boys, you know, just going, going wild. Like I said, it was like endless summer. Like we were just going crazy, drinking, partying. We were in Nashville, you know, underage drinking and shit. Like it was awesome. Um, we had some big training events that we went to cause we were expecting a deployment. And uh, so we were just trying to live it up before that, you know, we we're going to war, you know, we're young dudes it's it's we're going to war you know it's like that dream like reaching that like what's it what do they call it like a not like a stereotype but like a like an archetype you're fulfilling it you know what i mean like soldier going out to war like it's all this like mystery and you know just all this pomp and circumstance like it's happening you know um so we were just getting ready for that as our minds were focused on um at the same time um, I also knew um, I wanted to do something more, you know, um, if, I, if I was going to go to war. Um, so I decided, like, well, since I couldn't make Rangers, Ranger Regiment, you know, because I fucked that that up. It's like, okay, what about Special Forces then? So that, that started, that seed started kind of getting planted in my mind. I didn't really know much about it before I joined the Army, which most people still don't know much about it because, you know, quiet professional and all. Um, so I, I tried out for that, uh, before deployment and I didn't make it. Um, but it definitely gave me a good, uh, a good idea of what I wanted to do in the army, kind of my direction. Like it was the right decision. I just wasn't ready for it. Um, at the end of the day, I was still going on deployment. I thought I was going to leave right after, um, right after that, but, uh, it ended up being like three months. Um, and at the same time, after I failed that, I had kind of, like, realized that I shouldn't have been a fuckboy and, like, broke up with my uh, my ex. You know, I felt like a douchebag. Um, so I reached out to her and, like, tried to patch things up. But she had moved on, which is understandable. Um, so me being, like, a young, you know, immature man, I was pretty broken up about that. Um, so, I, like, it, it kind of fucking crushed me for a while. Um, so I just like fully committed myself to the gym and lifting, um, for like three months straight. And, uh, I didn't run or do any cardio. I just lifted. Um, and I also learned about, uh, you know, supplementation. Um, so I experimented with that and, uh, I put on like 25 pounds in three months and, uh, became a, fucking pretty pretty solid uh power lifter um definitely pretty committed to that got pretty good at that um i ended up catching up with my platoon in afghanistan um and uh they they were pretty impressed with like the progress i was made i felt good you know i felt strong i felt dangerous um we had a powerlifting competition like a month into my deployment um i won my weight class by like a fucking astounding amount um you know i felt good i felt strong i felt lethal um we went from one area of the country to another for uh, another mission that we were supporting and like it just felt like everything was falling into place like holy fuck we're 
we're gonna fight, we're gonna get war and all that. And then, you know, we just endlessly did, you know, boring, uneventful mission after mission after mission. Um, and then finally it happened, you know, we were uh, getting ready to finish our fourth mission, um, 15 days uh, outside the wire. And then uh, there was a, a green on blue, an insider attack. One of the Afghan commandos we were working with, um, they think he was, his family was threatened by the Taliban mm. and uh, he ended up turning on some of our dudes. It was my squad actually. Um, I wasn't with him because I was tasked to the other squad, but they were up in an observation post and he, he turned on them, um, and shot him up, killed, uh, three dudes, killed three dudes, injured a fourth. Um, the rest of the squad ended up putting him down, um, and getting the medevac birds spun up and getting dudes over there to try and save them, but it was too late. So we lost three dudes in that insider attack. And, um, you know, like, when it happened, I was, I was in shock for a little bit. So I just kind of just did what everyone says happens. And I just went back into my training and just focused like on the mission on making sure everyone got out of there. Once, you know, we got them out of there. Um, and then everyone was, everyone was torn up and broken. And like, I just couldn't find the ability to cry because like I had to be strong until we got out of there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was able to do that and like stay strong for the other guys. And, uh, you know, once I got back, it just like slowly started to hit me little by little. Um, I ended up, uh, coming back and, you know, we all started doing what everyone does when you lose buddies, you know, you, uh, start talking to their family more and get involved with them. And everyone gets their deployment bands and, you know, everything starts coming together like that. Um, you know, and I had to kind of try and reinvent myself and find myself again because, like, at this point, like, I really felt like I was consumed by hatred, you know? Um, it was like, uh, that was the only emotion I felt was, like, hate, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it just, it fueled me. It gave me, it made me feel strong gave me strength to anger. Um, so that's what I pursued is just pursuing that strength. You know, I didn't want to feel weak, didn't want to feel scared or sad or anything. Um, and I was seeing a, seeing a chick at the time after I got back. Um, and that ended up being just a rocky fucking road, as you know. Because um, that was just a very intense relationship that happened while both of us weren't ready to deal with shit. We already did like shit already happened to us. Yeah. And also just being in that relationship. So kind of going through, you know, losing three of like my best friends and my leaders into being in a pretty toxic relationship was painful. Um, it just kind of left me spinning for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, emotionally, spiritually, I wasn't good at all. I was in pain and I was in turmoil. Uh, but career-wise, like, I was great. I think that's kind of what I just clung to is just digging into that success. Um, you know, I gained rank. I went to uh, schools in the military successfully. Um, kind of made my name around the unit. 
and uh, I just kind of clung to that. Um, you know, I just tried a couple different things. I was I was in the scout platoon for a little while, learned how to do some recon um, and some communications, and then uh, I went back to the line as a line infantry guy, um, just to focus on that part of the the craft. And I uh, got there and realized I was like, oh, this fucking sucks, dude. Why am I not going to try out for that one thing again? You know. So uh, in the meantime, I was like, you know, I'll just do like ranger school or something. And tried for that, but it was pretty competitive at the time and I wasn't training hard enough, so I didn't make it. So I was like, well, fuck this. I'll just, you know, wait for the uh, EIB to come up, go do that. And then, um, you know, after that, I'll go to fucking sergeant school, BLC, and then after that, go to selection. Well, as you remember, EIB didn't turn out too well for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was true blue, which means I was perfect in all the tasks and requirements of the training um, for the grading portion. Um, hadn't fucked anything up. And then we had a 12 mile foot march at the end. And it was a combination of the weather, you know, me popping a five hour energy when it was like <laughs> 85 degrees, 100% humidity, heavy ass rucks, me just being exhausted from a month of training. Um, yeah. And uh, I made it 11 miles into the march, and then I fucking had heat stroke and went down and almost died and spent four days in the hospital. I think it was, what, like 40 or 50 out of 120 guys that were heat casualties? Um, yeah, dude, so it's some crazy. Yeah, like like a third of the guys that started it went down yeah. as heat stroke, and probably like another third were borderline heat stroke when they yeah. finished or got close to the finish line, you know? Um so yeah, that was fucking brutal. Um, wrecked my body, wrecked my mentality because I was like, I was almost there, you know, I almost had this fucking cool ass badge that ever says you need to get. And I was like perfect with it. And then I fucking mm -hmm. whiffed it hard and fucking died. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely hurt me. Um, some other bad things happened in my relationship around that time. Um, and yeah, like a dumbass, um, I let someone who betrayed me, namely my girlfriend at the time, uh, stick around after she did something really shady instead of just uh, ending it there. Um, and I think that's because I, I kind of had that belief that like you can love through anything, you know? Mm. Um, so I tried to do that and I shouldn't have done that because I couldn't. Um, and that was something that was realized again and again, but took a long time to finalize. Um, so that relationship just continued to be tumultuous, filled with turmoil and strife. Um, but, you know, dying at that, that training event did give me a healthy dose of rage and resentment, which was what strengthened me, um, to go back and do that one thing again, mm -hmm. um, and to progress in my career that way, which I did um, a few months later. Um, I went and tackled that and succeeded. Um, and everything was good um, career-wise. But then I wasn't taking care of, you know, the internal. Um, so relationship problems really came to a head. In my mind, I was like, well, if I'm capable of doing this for the Army, like, why the fuck would I let someone like that stay around, you know? 
Um, so I was a dickhead. I wasn't fucking being a good boyfriend and I should have just been like, Hey, we're done instead of just being a piece of shit. Mm. Um, and I just really, I really just thought like I was invulnerable, like nothing could touch me. Um, I had airborne school coming up. So I was like, I'm gonna go down there and just party and fucking jump out of airplanes. Like, woo, crazy. Um, so I went down to airborne school. Right. And, uh, the fucking day before it began, I went out to the fucking bars with a bunch of buddies and uh, I got too fucked up. Uh, I had a DD, went back to my buddy's place, but I was so fucked up that like after we got back, I fucking disappeared, grabbed my keys, got in my truck and tried to drive back on post and uh, got a fucking uh, DUI. Um. Yeah, I got a fucking I got a fucking DUI, and uh, it just absolutely destroyed me. Because now it was like I was pretty much broken up with my girlfriend at the time, so it's like I don't have her, and now I don't have my career, and now all my friends think I'm a dumb fucking piece of shit. So I really just kind of like threw everything away, right? So now I'm just sitting here like holy fuck, what the fuck did I just do? You know, like, I just fucked my whole life up. Um, you know, I was fucking lost. I was destroyed. I felt so weak and scared and fragile. Um, and I got really lucky because a lot of people stepped up and took care of me, um, which is what saved my career. They put their word on the line for me. They fucking, they showed out for me and gave me you know, the support and the love that I needed to take care of me and give me a second chance. And I, I got just that. Um, some other administrative stuff happened um, that I won't talk about, but it also saved my ass. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I got I got really lucky, man. I, I got really, really lucky. I got a second chance. Um, it didn't come immediately, but, you know, my name was cleared for the time being. Um, you know, I spent... A lot of time um, working an administrative role in our unit, and that humbled the fuck out of me. Uh, I was getting bitched at every day, treated like a fucking peon. That humbled me. Um, I learned how to get my body right, get my mind right, slowly but surely. I re kind of started to reinvent myself, get back into some hobbies that I love, you know, um, namely hunting and fishing. And uh, things were good for a while. These were really good. Um, and then, uh, you know, we started getting into the next year. And this was uh, 2020, that famed year. And, uh, you know, there was starting to be talk of a deployment to Africa. You know, relationship problems started popping up again. And this, this, that, and the other. And then what fucking appears? Goddamn coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Fucking coronavirus pops up, man. And uh, quarantine started happening and everything. And I'm with a chick I was seeing like every day, you know, and shit's just weird and everything. It's awkward. And it just comes to a head one day and like, that's it. And then, you know, that's over with. You know, I started kind of reconnecting with old friends and shit. Um, you know, kind of reinventing myself again, like preparing for ranger school again trying to get my career like really back in gear 
then I get that one faded phone call that one day that uh, rejuvenated me, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the true second chance, you know, my second coming. And uh, that, that, was, that was where it all really started to change, you know. Like, there's still a lot that wasn't right and a lot of shit I was dealing with, but it's like, I fucking made it, you know? Yeah. Like, or at least I got the doors back open, you know? So I took that chance. Um, I left on it, went to own it. And, uh, you know, I fought, fought through every single challenge that came up and beat everything down. And, you know, it almost broke me several times. Like I, I was pushed to limits. I didn't know I had, um, push beyond them even, you know, um, it was, it was tough. It's the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, physically, mentally, spiritually. Like that's the toughest thing I've ever, I've ever been through. Um, but I'm, I'm so thankful I was given that second chance. And this, this whole time I've had people supporting me. I mean, that's the thing I've talked the least about so far is like, I've always had so many people, um, you know, at my side, at my back, watching me, taking care of me. And like, that is, that is what has given me success. It's, it's never, it's never been me. Um, I've done my part, you know, to meet qualifications and to pass training, but it's never been truly me that's deserving of the success. It's everyone around me. Um, I'm blessed, beyond blessed, again and again, to have the friends, more importantly, the family that I do, um, the colleagues that I have that are always better than me. Um, no other way to say it. Like, I feel like I'm just in a supporting role, and they kick ass, and I'm just there to facilitate them kicking ass. Um <laughs> You know, I feel like I'm a, I'm a good number one guy, but I'm a better number two guy, you know, Hmm. um, I could, I could take the glory and I could take the, the reins, you know, but like, I prefer to be the guy that's managing and orchestrating, um, unless no one else is available, in which case I know how to, I know how to fucking Julius Caesar that shit, you know, I know how to, I know how to conquer but uh, yeah, I've, the best family, the best support network, they're what, they're what's gotten me through everything, you know? Um, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the whole fucking story. Like 20, 20 minutes or less, right? That's, yeah. uh, or 30, I guess, but that's, that's the life story right there. That's uh, down and dirty. It's a lot to go through. Yeah. You know, um, you can you can dissect you can really dissect as much as you want, at least yeah. for from your perspective as an individual, you know, it's your story. So I'm sure you've gone back plenty of times to you know, I guess rethink about it, reevaluate certain things. You know, maybe you you look differently at some past experiences that you've been through, but ultimately I mean how has how has your mindset changed 
from the hatred and discontent and um, the rage, which I'm sure there's still a little bit of each of that, I'm sure. But, you know, like, how has it changed from being in those dark times to where you are now? Like, what's your mindset like now? Um, I would say, like, let's dial it back to, like, my youth, you know. Um, I was a pretty angry kid. Um, like, I don't really know why, but, like, shit pissed me off. And I just immediately chose violence every time. Um, so I'm sure that was a lot of fun for my parents to deal with. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know I, I like hit puberty and like i started to mature a lot um i would say like i kind of like woke up earlier than most children do definitely most boys do um i've always been a little more aware a lot a lot more aware um and i was pretty calm from then on but uh once i joined the army you know it kind of like that like aggressiveness came back you know because i think that's kind of what i felt like i had to be was, you know, just an aggressive specimen. Um, you know, I started putting on more muscle and I was like, no, I'm a fucking infantryman. You know, I got to be a fucking badass. And deployment was, you know, just as, as you know, like you just get in that mindset of like, I'm ready to kill the mm-hmm. fucking enemies of America any second of the day when I'm awake or asleep. And I think, you know, when that was taken from me, that chance for, you know, successful war, dealing death to the enemy, and unsuccessful war was given to me, losing my boys. I think that's where the the hatred and the resentment really started to uh, to kind of grow. That kind of like that that cancer started to grow, right? And um, the problem is, it, it fed me. You know, it 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 felt it felt and looked like strength. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was aggressive. I was angry. I was powerful. I was lifting heavy weights. I was doing fun and badass shit. I was living hard, you know. Um, but it's really like the way I would describe it is it's like a it's like a fire that's burning inside you, you know. And um, there's only so much fuel for that fire before it burns out. And unfortunately, that fuel is like all your other emotions, all everything else you feel. So it, it burned everything out. Um, it took a long time to do it. Because I was, I was pretty resilient at first, you know. I was able to resist it for a long time and harness it for a long time, put it to good use. But eventually, you know, I just, it ran out of shit. Um, and it burned everything else out. Um, and, you know, I, I do a good bit of writing. Um, sometimes poetry, sometimes songs. Um, and something I wrote about this was like, you know, when, when the hate fire this is just paraphrasing It's just when the hate fire burned out, you know, it turned everything to ash, but from within that ash, um, a seed was planted, you know, mm-hmm. and the seed of hope and new life. And it began to grow and use the nutrients from, from that ash, um, to fertilize the seed. And it began to grow from there. Um, and this is really about the time I got like my second chance, you know, is when it really started to have roots. Um, I learned, I learned how to harness healthier emotions, um, not just on my own. I have good people to teach me this, um, how to harness my healthy emotions um, and go from um, that aggressiveness, you know what I mean? Um, 
towards more like understanding and love. Um, I, I started to walk away from the pain and focus more on healing. I would say the way my mindset has changed now would be that when I do things, I focus on coming from a place of understanding and commitment to the other person who I'm engaging with. And if it just involves me, I'm not simply trying to accomplish a goal. I'm trying to learn something from that or about myself. Um, basically to say it in less words, feeling the experience, living the experience, not just going through the motions. Um, that's something I've really done a lot in my life because, um, as a, as a human being, I'm very much a, um, simplification is the best type person. Um, not to toot my own horn, but like I'm a very, very, very smart person. So my brain seeks those easy, simple ways to make tasks automatic and thoughtless so I can mm -hmm. focus more on higher level things. Um, and because of that, I'll just go through the motions with a lot of things because my body and brain are like, okay, we can do this. No problem. Get through it. Focus on something else. Um, and it may not even be something useful that I'm focusing on. It may be something I just want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and because of that, something I wanted to do a lot in my life is play fucking video games. So that has eaten away a lot of my, um, my focus and my drive is just focusing on something that's entertaining rather than, you know, useful. Mm. Um, so conquering that for me is just, you know, a rolling stone gathers no moss. As long as I'm doing shit, like I'm productive and I stay productive. Yeah. But when I try to relax, I frequently just get too relaxed and lose that productivity. Um, life isn't all about productivity, but for me, um, doing purposeful, meaningful things uh, means more. So, for example, like I know I have things to do. Um, I keep a whiteboard with lists. Um, I keep notes on my phone that way. I always have what I need to do available and that keeps me doing things, uh, whether it's going to the store, doing laundry, you know, working on my truck, working, cleaning the apartment, you know, random stuff, you know, whatever is in life. Um, so that helps me focus. Um, the thing I'm trying to, you know, incur with my mindset now is like to maximize the time I have available, um, which is a lot these days. So trying to be, as useful with that as I can be for myself and for others. Um, I would say namely the most important thing right now is just working out. So that's my main focus. Um, making sure my workouts are good, making sure they tax my body in the way they need to. And then also doubling down on the recovery, eating good, sleeping good. Um, that's a lot of the focus of my life right now because that's the one, one thing I really can control and affect. Um, and that, that's another part of my, of my life set is, uh, or my mindset now in life is, um, you know, focusing on the things I can control and affect 
Um, those are the tangible things in my life. Um, anything else is just extra and unnecessary, unneeded, and it's no use thinking or worrying about it. Um, as you know, personally, I've had a couple interesting life changes over the last couple mm-hmm. months, yep. um, that I've been fighting through, um, you know, and it's led to some identity uh, crisis, I believe is a per- the correct word. Uh, or maybe it's crises. I don't know. But um, <laughs> fish, <laughs> yeah, so fishes, whatever. Fish, fishes, deer, deers, moose, meese, you know, yeah. who cares? Um, yeah, who cares? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had some like uh, what the fuck moments, right? Um, as we've talked about. It's been like uh, a lot of that re-realignment, realizing, you know, I was committing a lot to something, a specific person, you know, as as one example that, you know, I cared a lot about a person, but I wasn't really showing that or doing the things um, regarding that. So when that person was no longer in my life, it hurt a lot, but it was really my own fault, you know? Mm. Um, so understanding the end result of that and like taking that personal accountability again, you know, like why am I not running as fast? You know, why am I not lifting as much, you know, finding those answers out? Like, why does my diet suck? Okay. Mm. Finding those answers out. Um, taking the time to sit down and think, um, two big things I've done is um, learn how to meditate again. And for me personally, it was find faith in, in God. Um, You know, faith is different for everybody. Sometimes it's in, you know, in God or with whatever your religion is. Sometimes it's in yourself or the universe, just how things are. Um, It's up to you to decide that. Um, It's not something I'll ever force on anybody. Uh, But for me, like that's, that's what, that was the key. That's what I was missing. Uh, is was my faith and for the spiritual side and for the mental side was meditation um getting that clarity of mind time to reflect doing the writing again actually meditating you know focusing on that clarity of mind you know focusing and re re-harnessing the brain the direction those are like two of the biggest things that have helped me kind of get my my shit together you know um, and also just finishing up the training that I've been doing, um, that has been a huge mental relief, um, just knowing that that's done mm-hmm. and I can focus on actually doing my job soon. Um, which is also terrifying and horrifying at the same time. Um, cause you know, you start to realize how much you don't know mm-hmm. and that learning curve that's going to have to be teeth sunk into yet again. As, as is every so often. Um, and I'm sure by the time I feel comfortable with my new job, I will, you know, be ready to move on to something else and become uncomfortable again. Um, well, think of it as, uh, think of it as the first time you got to your, I don't know, your garrison army unit. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just come out of, what does the army call it? Infantry, AIT? Coast right? Yeah, whatever. Your your infantry training, right? 
first time you come out of that, you're going to your first unit. You're like, yeah. oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. It's the, it's the same thing. I yeah, mean, no shit. You, t- you talked about it. Simplify it, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Don't think of it as a higher level. Just think of it as the next level. Right. If that makes any type of sense. It makes sense in my head. I don't know. But No, it definitely checks out. It checks out. I'm on board with it. I'm, but either way, I mean, the real question is, man, was was there a specific time? Because I know you mentioned the time when you were in the this uh, what would you call it the special the special class yeah you were doing something different from everybody else but what like in your adult life what was the time where you realized you're set apart from everyone else based on how you think what you do um or or even maybe even a time where you were in that dark hole and you figured out to pull yourself out, you know, like with the change, you know what I mean? Like what, what did it require? Um, so there's kind of like two questions in that, like when and, yeah. and what, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll answer, I'll answer the when first. Um, I would say probably my first like big training event, um, in the army, I was able to, conceptualize and plan and identify things that were many pay grades above mine. That's when I realized like, okay, I'm capable of doing a lot more, you know, physically, you know, I'm much more advanced than my peers, my counterparts. Um, and I want to do more. Um, so leading into the next question, I would say the, what is the desire to do more, Mm. um, followed by, the ability, you know, because desire is only as good as your ability to, to do, as we've talked about before, to act. Um, I, I realized that I could make decisions on deployment um, that were, again, pay grades above mine. I could make decisions, answer problems, find solutions. Uh, and I was just physically just, you know, as I like to say, built different. Um, and... I just own that. I ran with that. And I've, I've done that ever since I came into my own. I started to feel comfortable in the army, not comfortable as in complacent, but like, okay, I got this shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm built for this shit. Um, that's when I realized like, okay, I'm capable of doing more, but I didn't know how much more at first. Um, so I started to just kind of build my infantry pathway, you know, like conquer stuff in that field. Um, maximize that, you know, and it took, it took a year, it took a couple of years to realize, like, I need to do more than that because I can. Um, I'm smart enough. I, I have all these skills, all this knowledge. I'm physically fit. Like, I can do even more than that. Um, and that, that's been a huge part of it for me is, like, the physical fitness is, like, knowing that, you know, even though I'm not the strongest or fastest guy, um, I'm tougher than pretty much anybody else. Like, you're just, you're not going to beat me because you have to kill me to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just my, my will to go on. It's like refusal to fucking stop. Like to the point where like, I almost die. Like that's, that's, that's my drive. That's my go is like, I will go further than anybody else. Um, I'll do whatever it takes. Um, Do do you think that's natural? For some people. Yeah. 
for guys like us. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for some guys and gals, um, it's a very natural thing. You have a, a different genetic makeup that drives you onward. We're the type of people that were chieftains, you know, 20,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, Kings, emperors, Queens, you know, we, we were those type of people. Um, whether or not genetically that was something that our ancestors had, we have that mindset. You know what I mean? And yeah. we dominated whatever, you know, historically, if even if our ancestors weren't that genetically, we have that ability and that, that strength, that knowledge, that power, that drive it's within us. Um, we dominate our craft that we're in today in the modern era, era of the internet. And we just keep striving and growing and developing. Um, it's, it's, it's within us. It just truly is within us. Um, it's something you can harness and develop, I, I think for sure. Um, and improve on, but for some people like us, it's, it's just there. You're born with it. You're born with it. And it's sometimes it's, it doesn't take, it takes a while for you to, to, to realize it and act on it. Sometimes it doesn't take long. You know, some people are just born already, you know, two feet running. Some people, it takes 20, 30 years before they hit that stride. True. But yeah. Do you think that um, for the people that aren't born with it, do you think they are capable of unlocking that? To some extent, yeah. To some extent, yeah. I think anyone can become a master in their craft, but not everyone can master themselves mm. because that is the true key. Mastery of the self, everything else follows. You master your craft, you will find success. You will be good. You will be respected. You will live a, you will live a good life. But if you master yourself, anything is possible. And I mean that truly anything is possible. But you have to master yourself. And that is a difficult process. I'm not even there yet. I know that. As much progress as I've made, you know, learning how to understand the workings of my mind and my soul, how to beat, you know, how to beat myself and to be better than I was. I'm still not there yet. I don't even think I'm close, but the constant trial and error and growth and progress has put me leagues beyond where most people are. And a lot of that just comes from awareness, being aware that you're not there. You're not fucking done. You're not as good as you think you are, but you should be proud of the progress you've made. Very, very proud. Did you ever go through a time where it was like, uh, I don't know. You've looked back on your, your time spent in, in whatever trials and tribulation you went through, but looking back on it, was ever, was it ever like more disheartening than anything? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, uh, like after I got my DUI, that was like the reality check, you know, um, you know, the only, the only thing I can't say it was more disheartening when I lost um, my boys in Afghanistan because my mindset was so focused on war and death then that I didn't really feel that 
like I like I should have, you know. Yeah. It was such a, de- a delayed time bomb um, that ripped through me over time, you know. So that was not like a singular event, but like the DUI was everything coming to a head, you know. Right. It it was like the the what do they call it in the military? The culminating event. The culminating event. You know, yep. It, it's like everything just leads up to that, and then you know, individually within oneself, it just implodes or explodes either way. But the the real question is that I'm trying to get at is what was like how, how what was the outcome? How did you overcome it? You know, because that's what everybody wants to know is everybody goes through hard times, you know, yeah. in in different ways and in, in based on the individual. So when you go through hard times, most of the time when you're going through this difficult time, you don't really see how to overcome it because you're engulfed in whatever you're going through. Yeah. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not until it ends or until you're right about to finish it or whatever the case may be where you realize, you know, this is the time that I overcome it or this is the time I overcame it. So for you, how do you think you finally overcame these struggles, these black hearts, these, you know, these times that the culminating event all brought to life. How did you overcome all of this to get to where you are? Mm. You know, I would start by saying that, uh, that, that culminating event, um, was, Really, so for me in my life, like, I like to think I'm I'm a pretty fucking lucky person. Um, things just, for the most part, go my way. And all in all, I pretty much just fucking win every time. So loss and defeat for me is pretty hard to take because it doesn't happen much. Mm. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. But um, this right here. Um, that culminating event, the DUI, right? That was a loss and a failure on a scale I had never realized. And it was 150,000% completely my fault. So it was that great kind of time bomb in my brain that finally went off. Like, you're not invincible. Mm. You're not untouchable. Like, you're affected by everything else just like everyone else's. So it was that kind of like, you know, the, the shelter in the mind cracked, right? Like the, the protective walls that were up all came down and I was just left looking at a scared, naked little boy, you know, and it, me, right. Yep. Um, just alone and afraid and terrified and lost and, um, you know, I had to, I had to pick up the pieces from there. Um, at that point in my life, I was a fucking grown man. Right. And I made a grown man decision and it fucking nearly broke me. I mean, it did break me. I mean, yeah, it broke me. Um, I lost, I threw my career away. I threw, a relationship away, 
you know, in the all, all in the, the name of hubris, and uh, you know, it, 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 I took everything away from myself. I defeated myself, and that was just such a huge reality bump. Like, holy fuck, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Who am I? Like, who do I think I am? And I had to, I had to relearn and piece together all of that again. You know, and um, I, I started simple. I started finding the things I love again, you know, things I enjoy doing, my hobbies and interest, and got my physical fitness back. And uh, I took those steps to try and improve my relationship, relationship with friends and family, and like trying to piece all that stuff back together slowly. And, um, The endless recipe for success, I would say, would be everyone around me that was there to support me. Like, that was, that was really it. Without the people in my life, like, I would have been alone and adrift and probably like that forever. Um, you know, we had, as you remember, we had a very good group of friends and good people in our lives. And um, we, I think we became closer after that. You know, my, I think my wall, my walls came down a lot, you know, um, cause in my whole life, like everyone has always told me I'm special and I'm different, you know, and I joined the army because I just wanted to be just somebody, you know, no one's special. And then, uh, once I joined the army, same shit happened. Everyone started telling me you're special, you're different, you know, it happened again. I think that, that was part of it, you know? is like, I just got so caught up in smelling my own shit, you know? Mm. Like, I am different. I am special. I deserve more. That it just led me down that path of hubris. And that's truly what defeated me was my own my own ego, you know? And I had to be stripped to nothing, you know, brought, brought back to that naked little boy in my mind, just lost and scared and alone. And had to see, look myself in the face again and realize, like, at the end of the day, you're nothing. You're nobody, you know? But what you do is what sets you apart from yourself, from others. What you choose to do and how you act. And the beginnings of that is just respect for others, understanding for others, you know? It's not being smarter or stronger or faster. It's just that understanding being a fucking human being, you know, being a good person that goes further than anything else. It, it takes time to realize and cultivate that. It really does. It takes so much time. It takes time and it takes shit to go through. Yeah. I think this is just an observation. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think people struggle because they they don't make enough choices. Or that's not the right thing to say. Because they want to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's a natural thing to want to be safe. But 
you know, if you're not, if you're not taking some type of risk or making choices in general, or just like, if you're, if you're stuck in a plateau, well, there's no, there's no opportunity for growth if you're in a plateau, but if you're not actively seeking a way to get out of the plateau, then there's definitely no opportunity for growth. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we break both of our lives down to is how much are we trying to grow? Yeah. Or, or what can we grow from this particular situation or what did we learn from this particular situation or, or you know, how have we changed from one point to the second point, you know, and that, but that's, it's just like working out, working out is a perfect analogy. You know, eventually you hit a plateau. If you're not doing anything different, you're going to stuck, be stuck in that plateau and you're never going to grow, mm-hmm. you know, strength, size, whatever. So it's almost like it's almost like you have to go through hardship, but not only hardship, you have to approach it with the mindset of what can I learn from this hardship? Not woe is me. Yeah. No, dude, like that's that's huge. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that fully, Dan. Like um you can't you can put your throw, put yourself through like hardship. You know what I mean? Like physical training, fucking, you know, challenges, all these events. Right. Um, to stimulate that, that art of, no, I won't say artificial, but to kind of stimulate that growth, um, you know, controlled growth. Right. Yeah. But we're all going to have challenging life events, you know, like our parents are going to fucking die at some point. Right. Um, family, friends, um, we might get injured, you know, we might have financial crisis, crisis, we use crisis again. So I'm on that, I'm on that word. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure um, it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out at some point. Uh, chalk it up on the list. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's adopting that, like, you know, it feeling what's happening, you know, like not being a fucking robot. Yeah. And immediately being like, mm, beep, boop, computing. How do I process? No, it's like, <laughs> fuck, I'm sad as shit. Or like, I'm happy as shit. And then, like, being like, okay, that's cool. I feel that right now. Um, but what am I gaining from this also? Like, what am I learning from this? Um, and realizing that, like, those emotions could change on a dime. Now, something mm-hmm. bad could happen as soon as something good happens. Something good could happen as soon as something bad happens. Um, so, yeah, just, like, yeah, truly, like what you said, like, not, not having that woe is me mindset, but, like, I can process this and learn from it either at the same time or at different times, whatever works for me in yeah. that situation. And that's probably one of the biggest rules of life is like, you know, as Bruce Lee said, be like water, right? Flow. And that's kind of how you got to be like, not just accepting everything that happens to you and just moving on, but like accepting it and growing from it, learning from it. Like you said, um, taking it at face value and taking up what you can from it. Yeah. Feel it. Feeling something I haven't talked about enough is like, feeling emotions is something I've really had to learn. Um, mm. Not, not just bottling things up or pouring them into something else. Um, actually feeling them. Um, yeah. Like, I'll just be honest here, like learning, like how to cry, you know, like it's okay to cry. It's not a big deal. And if anyone, you know, challenges me on that, well, I lift more weights than you. So, yeah, so far off. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but really, like learning how to cry, 
I guess the thing, like, um, yeah, like it's, it's an emotion I've always struggled with is like sadness and anger is just because they've always been so uncontrolled, um, in my, in my mind, but learning how to process those healthily and just deal with shit and move on from it. You know, mm-hmm. I get that sadness out of the way because I feel it. And then it's like, well, shit, I mean, that sucked, but like, I mean, it's done now. So, uh, I guess I'll just be happy, you know, <laughs> fuck it. Right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's a huge topic too, man. Like I'm, I'm going to dig into that a little bit next, next time we do an episode. I can't say next week yeah. because I don't know if it's going to be next week, but, um, next time we do an episode, man, cause that emotions and like feelings and that's something that, that, uh, you know, I definitely have something to say about it. Well, I'll just leave it at that for now. But, um, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, dude. Just having to, like, realize. I mean, how old are you now? 25, man. Dude, 25 years old. Having to realize that, okay, emotions are important. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's this, it's this self-discovery. Self-discovery, dude. And self-discovery is hard because you have to be very critical of yourself, not necessarily in like a good or bad way, but just like, you have to be really, it's almost hard to explain. You just, you have to dissect yourself to learn about the things that you need to improve and the things that you are already good at, but can strengthen, you know, or, or the weaknesses that you need to strengthen, you know, it takes a lot, dude, but it takes a lot of inward reflection. Yeah, it does. Like it's, it's tough, man. Reflection is the hardest part because you just have to be fucking honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, which sounds easy to do because it's like, well, who do you have to lie to? If you're just talking to yourself, right? Right. But we are, are yeah, the human brain seek comfort, right? We yeah. want, we want to rest. We want fatty food. We want sugar. Safety, you know, you know? Com- safety. comfort and safety. Like that's the two main things that the human brain tells us we need. Not, not that we want, but we need. Like the brain tells us we need comfort and safety. It does. It's it's screaming at us every day with everything we do. Yep. You know, don't work out as hard as you can because why would you do that? You, you got to save your energy. You know, what if you get chased by a mountain lion? <laughs> um, right? It's like, it's always in there, but it's like, yeah. you got to, you can't just beat your brain, you know? Because like willfully, it's not going to happen. And in and, and most things. Um, sometimes, you know, that discipline that we talk about just comes through and it's like, that's how you defeat it. Yep. But a lot of times you gotta get fucking crafty, dude. You gotta go like full fucking goblin mode and start getting clever. And like, you gotta fucking sneak in, scoop your way around to beat dude, yourself. It's like uh, Leprechaun 4, bro. Like Leprechaun in space, dude. It's crazy. And we're, yeah, we're fucking doing magic in space, bro. We're shape-shifting. <laughs> It's weird. It's getting weird in there, dude. It's, it's like crazy. we're on acid trip without the acid. Or maybe with the acid. I don't know. Dude, we'll or see. both. Who, who fuck, maybe. Nobody fucking knows at this point. No one knows. No one knows. The brain's crazy, dude. We don't even know anything oh. about it. Yeah. But, I mean. 
<laughs> but, but the point is, <laughs> but back back to the reality of it, you know. <laughs> back to the point, yeah. I mean, like the reflection, man. That's when you do the most damage. Is like, like for me, it's writing. I put that shit down on paper, right? And what I'm feeling, it is now in the paper. It is not in my body anymore. It is in that paper. And I have a special book that I write in. It's called the Book of Souls. Okay? Yeah. And it is where I do all my most important writing. When I'm in that crisis moment, when I am fucking lost, or when I'm so happy, I'm overwhelmed by it, I put it in that book. And that is where all that information goes. How I'm feeling, what I want, what I want to change. And it manifests from there. That's like the fucking the axis of the change is that book, Book of Souls. And that's what works for me, man. That's the fucking, that's the answer. That's the solution. It's safe to say that everybody probably needs a different solution. Yeah. You know, well. I mean, for some of us, it's the same, but there's, there's yeah. several different solutions, right? Right, right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. It's tough. Dude, it's fucking tough doing self-diagnosis. I mean, that's really, that's ultimately what it comes down to is the self-diagnosis portion. You know, if you're not willing to go into that and really dig deep into how you feel, how you think, who you are as a person and being completely honest with yourself, like you said earlier, you know, you'd think it would be easy to be completely honest with yourself, but honestly, it's probably easier to just lie to yourself. It is a million times. Um, It it just, in order to be comfortable and safe, you know, like you're just going to tell yourself, I don't need to do these types of things because I'm perfectly fine where I'm at, but that's a complete fucking lie because you're actually Mm -hmm. miserable. You know, you're fucking miserable, dude. Not you, but just like, you know, the proverbial you is in you. the proverbial you. Yeah. And that's how people are fucking CEOs and still addicted to heroin. You know, they have a right. fucking family and they're addicted to heroin. Or, or like, dude, or the comedians that are actually depressed as fuck. Yeah. They're very competent. They're very good at their job. They're very successful in their career. But inside, it's a fucking blizzard, dude. It's not good. Yeah. And you know what? I was about to make a joke about this. I will say, you got to fucking Sigmund Freud yourself. You got to Carl Jung yourself, right? (laughs) But what is all of that, right? It's defeating, as in the Freudian example, the Oedipus complex, which is kind of weird because it's about fucking your mom, which I would say most of us don't want to do. And that dude was weird, but he also had some really good ideas. But more importantly, the idea I subscribe to, which is the Jungian concept of defeating the shadow self. And I think this is something we'll talk into more depth on a future episode. The shadow self is that other part of you that's whispering, oh, you can't do it. You suck. Mm. You're fucking dog shit. You know what I mean? Like you're built like Brett Brett Marshall. And I hope you listen to this episode. I hope oh, he hears will. that. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm going to send him the picture after this fucking episode of his fucking little flabby tummy, little man titties. He's a piece of shit and he sucks. 
Brad Marshall, I'm com- I'm coming for you, Brad Marshall. I'm coming dude, for you. Yeah, dude. Like, who honestly is 130 pounds and gets hypothermia <laughs> in 17 degree weather, dude? Literally, five four, 130 pounds. Can't even carry his ruck. Gets hypothermia. Dude, pussy. Pussy. Total pussy. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna love this so much. Dude. I can't. I can't. I can't wait for the uh, 30 minute long voicemail. Where he just oh my god. <laughs> He got me good about two weeks ago. He would, I couldn't get a word in. He got me for 15 minutes straight. He just blasted me. It was so good. It was the best oh, chipping I've ever received in my life. Oh my god, dude! His time, but but it's come, it's come, it's come full circle. Um, his, his psychological <laughs> defeat is at hand. Um, <laughs> we are the demon that possesses him. But, uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's. It's the shadow self, man. That's what you have to defeat. And I think for the first time in my life, I have the upper hand. And, you know, it feels good. Like, I feel like I'm in control. And I'm just kind of seeing where that goes, you know? It's a game changer. It is. It is. I'm just, I'm changing my habits. I'm changing my ways to beat, you know, that other part of myself. And it feels good, man. It feels really good. I'm happy. Like I feel happier than I've been in a long time, and um, awesome. I'm just kind of riding that wave, you know, seeing where it goes. Yeah. Well, dude, in defeating quote unquote the shadow self, it's mm-hmm. almost like that question I posed. I don't even know if we talked about it on an episode yet, but the the idea of competition versus yourself or versus others, you know, and everybody yeah. seems to have a different opinion about these two. And the reason yeah. I pose this question is because I see all the time it's always a competition. Like you're not competing against anybody else. You're competing against yourself, you know, and they make it seem like that's all you should ever do. Yeah. So that, I posed the question and I mean, I, I wasn't really surprised at the results, but it brings up a valid argument or a valid conversation, which we don't have to go into now. Maybe that's later down the road, but yeah, You know, the shadow self is competing against yourself, essentially, is trying to win your uh, win over yourself, you know, be better than who you were the day before um, type of mindset. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of how I feel at this time. Yeah. Hey, no, like that's that's a good way to look at it, man. Um, I'm pretty much 100 percent the same on that idea. Um, but I think that is in like the healthiest form of competition. Yeah. Um, I think the shadow self, this, this is more of the way I look at it. Um, so I can't say I'm hundred percent on the same page as that. Um, more of the way I look at it is like in, um, in Christian teachings, right. Um, that shadow self has been considered the devil whispering in your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, like do sin, do bad things, do all this evil shit. Right. But really, that's that's the shadow self. Um, it's the part of psychology that's un, undiscovered and unknown for the most part. Um, I think that's more what it is. It's just like the dark side of people. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I am a Christian and, you know, part of it could be, it could be the devil. Um, I don't fucking know. I'm a fucking human, dude. I'm an jack shit. Um and it could, it very well could be. Um, but I, I like to think as a man of, from my scientific standpoint, my psychological understanding that like, that is the shadow self right there. That's what's telling you to do the bad things, do the dark things. 
not be honest, to not be the little. Um, so letting that win is weakness because that's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. That's the black and white, the good and the evil. Letting your shadow self win is bad in itself. Um, so, you know, maybe in a different episode, how do you beat that? You know, mm-hmm. we talk yeah. about overcoming adversity, talk about overcoming challenges and defeats about the shadow self you know yeah <clears throat> definitely got some good stuff on that one that we could wrap into another episode yeah for sure i like it i actually like where that's going yeah yeah man i think uh yeah that covers uh about as much as of me as we could talk about it one night um, you know, I know your episode is going to be just as fucking good, uh, if not better. Can't wait to get into that one, man. Well, it's not Under- really that interesting. I will say that. But I think the important thing, though, is I know, I know we're just about out of time here. But yeah, I, I guess the the... What what's something that anybody can take away from it? You know, obviously you're just a human. You're just a man, mm-hmm. right? You're not like just because you're you have an A type personality, an alpha mindset. It doesn't make you like. It doesn't necessarily make you greater than anybody else. Just just having that type of personality. So, you know, is there something that sets you apart or something that? has led you to this place in particular or just a particular ideal or something that somebody can adapt, you know, for the people that feel like they're not this particular way or they don't have this type of mindset, you know, for those people that are trying to do better, but just aren't, what do you say to them, man? I'm going to say, Dan, I love that question. I'm going to say, Two things primarily, and a third thing as a just in case. Number one, <laughs> no, number one, it is the people around me that are responsible for all the successes that I have. It is my family, my friends, um, you know, the people that I've loved that are responsible for my success. And on the other side of that, I now take responsibility for everything that happens in my life, good or bad. I own that shit. Okay. And the third thing is the alternate. If you don't have anybody, then it's just on you. Be responsible for everything, good and bad. Take accountability of yourself. I love Chaco's concept of extreme ownership. I think it's a little too extreme because like if your dog gets hit by a car, you can't really fucking like own that shit because <laughs> that's pretty much just fate saying your dog is going to fucking die, dude. Um, but like you fucking lose your job. Guess what? Sucks. Time for you to find a new career path. As yeah. Jocko would say, good, good, good. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> accountability and being thankful and understanding the support that you get. And again, if it's just you, accountability and you will you will eventually build the tribe that you want if you live 
by the principles that we're creating and that you help us create, you will have that tribe. You will have those people and you will be so thankful and so happy for it. I promise you that. Trust us, trust yourself. You will find success. We'll be there for you. You will be there for you. That's it, man. That's it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, and drink bourbon. Yeah, drink, drink bourbon, drink good bourbon. Um, and do it, do it with friends, preferably in yeah. person, which will be happening very shortly. Yes. Special episode. But if not, we have the magical internet and our phones and we can do it anytime, any place. And it's amazing. All you need to do is listen to Alpha Injection. That's it. That's really it. That's your that's your first step into greatness and then the yeah, alpha mindset. That's it, dude. You got alpha injection. Anything else? You're on the right for... path. Yep. Uh, well, Dan, this has been a, a fucking pleasure. Um, next weekend, it's we're we're speaking into existence right now. Yeah. We're getting back we're to our regular regular schedule. We're gonna make it happen. Um, I need a recommendation for new bourbon. So if you hear this before next week's episode, throw that shit on my line on Instagram or on my fucking phone. Um, Dan, that's all I got, man. If you want to sign us off, we'll fucking call it a night. Well, enlightening, true, and realistic. It's always a pleasure. And until next week, my friend, let's fuck. Let's fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Later.